you. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I was looking this up on my phone because I didn't get out my the, the Bible to look it up. And as I was looking it up, it, I put in where, started writing where the, and it, rather than it saying where the spirit of the Lord is, it began to say where the toilet paper is. How do you like that? We're in some weird times, people. We're in some weird times. But I'm telling you, you may not know where the toilet paper is, but I can tell you this. You know where the spirit of the Lord is. He's with you. He's with you. He is with you. Let me give you a little testimony. My grandson, Noah. He and his brother and sister pray with their mom before they go to bed. And they were praying, and Noah had a prayer about the coronavirus. And he said, Lord, will you take that great wrecking ball and destroy the coronavirus on this globe? And I'm telling you, the prayers of children are going to impact and bring healing to this land where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom, there is healing, there is victory. Come on, people. Come on, people. Let's worship. Let's declare. Let's declare in our homes. The Spirit of the Lord is in your home. The Spirit of the Lord is in your neighborhood. The Spirit of the Lord is in your city. The Spirit of the Lord is in our county. The Spirit of the Lord is in our state. The Spirit of the Lord is in our nation. The Spirit of the Lord is over the globe. It's in India and see your glory. We thank you that, Lord, your glory, your presence is everywhere we go. Lord, in the darkest of nights, we know your presence is there. In the brightest of days, Lord, we know your presence is there. And Lord, we ask and pray that you would just bless your sons and daughters, Lord. We thank you for the, the opportunity we have to gather together, even if it may be remotely, Lord, but we gather together in your name. How beautiful it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. And Lord, we're united in you today. And Lord, we thank you that we can gather together on your day to glorify your name, to lift your name up, Lord, that you may be exalted, Lord. Lord, we don't fear. We put our trust in you. We put our trust in the one who is able to save every single person on this planet, Lord. We put our trust in the one who is able to bring healing and, and restoration to bodies, Lord. And we come unto the name that is above every name, Jesus Christ, this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to encourage you with a portion of scripture uh, from the Psalms. In Psalm 27, it's an interesting passage in the Psalms. And it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or what shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. There is an ar when an army, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in 
his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in my dwelling. Those of us that are sheltering in place, you need to memorize verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in my dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music of the, to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in a path that is straight. Because of my oppressors, do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. And I was thinking about that psalm and thinking about how God's word is what gives us strength. God's word is what gives us the stability during times of uncertainty. And I want to just encourage you that right now there's a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of pressure in their life. And I want to encourage you, put your trust and put your hope in the Lord. Amen. Dwell in the presence of the Lord. This is a great opportunity. You know, my wife and I, every morning now, we've been taking walks together. We've been walking about six miles every day. And we were talking about this, and this is a really great opportunity for some of us to recalibrate ourselves to what the Lord wants us to do. You know, with the hustle and bustle of life, the, the calming down, the, the, the relaxing of it all, is a great opportunity for you to really put your trust in the Lord, to be still and know that He is God, to put yourself in a position where you're in alignment with Him. The hustle and bustle of life is stopped, and you're able to put yourself in a place where God's Spirit can speak to you. And you can dwell in the presence of the Lord daily. You know, you may not be able to go outside. You may be stuck in your home. But you know what? You can still have the presence of the Lord there. The presence of the Lord can go with you anywhere you, you are. And, and He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He's not limited by distance. And you have the opportunity to do that. So I want to pray with you this morning that God will give you a, a resolve to know Him a resolve to know him in a deeper, more intimate way. And during this time of, of the world is, is, you know, my wife keeps using the, this phrase, it's a strange time. It's a strange time. These, we're living in strange times. But you know what's amazing? In a matter of a few weeks, everybody's life was turned upside down. Seven point whatever billion people we have on this planet, and all of them are trying to find an answer. What's the meaning of life? How do I get through this situation? Some may trust in chariots, some may trust in horses. We're going to trust in the Lord. Yeah. We're going to trust in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him, yeah. is what the scripture says. And we're going to put our trust in the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we imagine or ask. Yeah. So let's just pause and pray. Father, I pray right now that you will give every single person hearing this uh, podcast, every hear person hearing this live stream, that God, they will listen to the voice of the Spirit. That God, they will, they will resound the Psalms that David said this morning, that Lord, that all the days of my life I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. 
And that I will, in the, while I'm here in the land of the living, I will dwell in your presence. And Father, I pray that just as we sang about that song about being surrounded by the presence of the Lord like Moses did and like Jesus did, I pray that during this shelter-in-place time globally, that, Father, we will be men and women who find a new place of dwelling in you. I pray that, God, we would not allow the pressures of life to overwhelm us, but, Lord, we'd go deeper in our relationship with you, that we would have a peace that passes understanding, that, Lord, we would know the presence of the Lord in a way like we've never known before. I pray that we would press in to an intimacy with you like we've never had before, God. I pray that as, as many of us have, uh, we can't go to work, many of us can't go outside, that, Lord, we would find a, a dwelling place in you that changes us substantively, Lord, from the very core of who we are as men and women, that, God, we would know you in a way like we've never known before. And, Lord, we pray, Father, right now that, God, you would just give grace upon every person hearing this, this, uh, this Sunday message. I pray that, God, you would allow our hearts to be turned to you in a way that is keeping in them, them soft and pliable and, and moldable in your hands. And, Lord, I pray that your peace would just guard both our hearts and our minds. In Christ Jesus we ask. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you. Hey, we're glad you're able to watch with us this morning. You know, my uh, grandson... Uh, Noah this morning as we were leaving the house looked at me and said, hey, Pa, I'm going to watch you on TV. I'm going to stay home and watch you on TV. So uh, those of you that are watching us, enjoy it. May you be blessed. May the presence of the Lord just saturate wherever you're at, if you're in your home or you're in your car. If those of you that are working, listening to this, I pray that you would be blessed beyond measure. You know, we are currently facing this shelter in place. And one of the things I want to really encourage you is he is our healer. Trust in the Lord, you know? There's a lot of things people are putting their trust in and they're finding out that those things don't really help. But you know what? The Lord is there for us. And I want to encourage you to put your trust in Him. You know, this is a, a really interesting time because we really, uh, there's only nine, nine of ten of us here. I guess there's ten of us. And I want to thank the worship team. You guys, I want to appreciate you, what you're doing, helping uh, the brothers and sisters be involved in worship and, and having the presence of the Lord. There's uh, 10 of us here in this building. We're under the limit for the state of California. But I want to tell you that you can connect with people other ways. There's great opportunities for you to get online, call someone, uh, send them a text, send them an email. You can do FaceTime. You can do Zoom. You can do Marco Polo, whatever you, f you feel comfortable with. But this is a great opportunity. And, you know, Pastor Sandy's here. And I've been calling people during the, during the week from the church, and almost every single person I call, Pastor Sandy has already called them. And the people are telling me, just tell Pastor Sandy, thank you so much for calling. You know, we can reach out and touch people, even though we may be uh, sheltering in place, and that's a great opportunity to connect. Develop some strong uh, uh, connections that way. I know our Crossroads Connect ministry, uh, they've been doing uh, Zoom calls, they've been doing FaceTime calls, they've been doing all types of opportunities. This is a great opportunity for you and I to connect with one another on a different level, on a different intimacy that we, we, sometimes when we're so busy, we don't have that opportunity. But God wants us to get the opportunity to uh, really connect in a way that is very strong and very powerful in what we're doing. I want to also encourage you, if you don't get our Friday newsletter, 
You can send me a, a, an email. My email address is dwillis at ccsmh.org. And you just send me an email and we'll put you on our e-newsletter. You can get that. One of the things we're doing with our uh, weekly, uh, uh, actually daily uh, uh, devotional, I'm sending out a daily devotional. Some people are not on Facebook, and you may not be uh, on Facebook. You may be watching us in a different platform or listening to us online. But I want to encourage you, if you send me an email, I will add you to the daily devotional. I'm going to be doing the whole time we're in this uh, shelter-in-place. If it's going to be more than 21 days, where it looks like it may be, we're going to continue to send you a daily devotional. It has uh, some scripture readings for you to do, some exhortation from those scriptures. And then I've been finding some songs, different varieties and genres of music, Christian music to put with it to encourage you to lift you up. You know, music is, is melody. Melody is, is, is passion, and passion helps us to find the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, if, if you're not signed up for that, I'd really like to do that. It's just really pressing you in to hear the, the, the message the Lord has for you this day. Another thing we do, we have all of our sermons uh, podcasted, and you could uh, look online at our website, and you can connect with those. It's a great opportunity. As a matter of fact, when was it? Was it uh, March the first Sunday in March, Pastor Lynn had a word to the congregation, March 8th. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I'd really encourage you. It was March 8th, Pastor Lynn had a word about how we would be people who would go through a difficult time but would be strong. And then shortly thereafter, we, we got the, the news of what was happening. And if, if you uh, haven't listened to that podcast, I'd really encourage you. The, the word of exhortation from that Sunday was powerful, especially when you look in what's happened between now and then. So I want to encourage you to, to get online and listen to our uh, podcast, listen to what God's speaking, because one of the things we want you to do is we want you to be strong Christians. And I'll tell you, during this time, we're going to find out who are people who are strong in their faith and who are people that are weak in their faith. Because times of difficulty really develop and show who, who we are and what our character really is. And we want to be crossroads. Let me tell you something, crossroads. We want you to be strong, muscle Christians. We want you to be well-developed in your faith, an understanding of God's Word, understanding of what the Holy Spirit is saying, being full of the Spirit, being, you know, Keep, keep developing that passion for the things of the Spirit. I want to encourage you to pray in the Spirit. Pray in your heavenly language. Pray in tongues and build yourself up in your most precious holy faith. Because one of the things that we will do is we will come out of this. So this is going to eventually come to an end. And I want you to be stronger at the end of this than you were at the beginning of this. We may not be able to gather together, but I'll tell you what, we can build each other up, we can strengthen each other, we can fan the flame of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we want to encourage you to continue to do that. Another thing we have, there's some dates, uh, if you look on your, uh, your newsletter, we have retreats coming up, we have a men's retreat, a women's retreat, and we have our, our second annual Holy Spirit Conference retreat, where we took, last year we took uh, 17 people, all 17 of them were baptized in the Holy Spirit, given their heavenly language, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not by might nor by power, or not by might nor by power, but by my, my spirit, says the Lord. And uh, the, the prophet of old still speaks true today. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the operation of the Spirit. And we will be Spirit-filled believers that are addressing a culture and a society that definitely needs to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to get in power and strength. Now, Easter's coming up. 
a couple Sundays from now, Easter, and it looks like uh, we're going to postpone our water baptism. We're also going to postpone our uh, family dedication, but that doesn't mean if you want to be water baptized or dedicate your family that we don't want to do that, but we're just going to postpone it to a later date till we see how all this uh, uh, situation uh, resolves itself, okay? And then I want to tell you something. Tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, there is a, a, a new series out by, uh, it's, it's called The Chosen. And uh, each Sunday night, or each night between uh, uh, March 29th and April 5th at 6 p.m., you can go to YouTube and you can actually watch the message of the life of Jesus Christ. Now, I'll tell you, this is a very powerful, powerful uh, video series if you haven't seen it. My wife and I have watched it. And it is very moving. It'll bring you to tears. It'll bring you to a new intimacy with Jesus. And as we enter into the Easter season, I want to encourage you to really use this as a time to really seek the Lord's purpose in your life. You know, God has given each of us a divine purpose, a divine calling on what we're doing. And this is a great opportunity for us to move in, to press in, to have an intimacy with Him like we've never known before. You know, move forward in the midst of the, the tide of things pressing against us. I want to encourage you, church, keep pressing into what God's doing. Keep pressing into the things of the Spirit. Keep pressing into what the Holy Spirit is doing through you and in you. And despite what's happening around us, I want us to just keep focusing on the presence of the Lord, okay? We want to pray for our missionaries. Uh, we have a lot of missionaries around the world that are displaced right now. Some are, are, are in countries. Uh, some have had to be uh, 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 removed from their countries. Uh, but keep them in your prayers. And there's a list of our missionaries that you can go to our, our website and see. But we want to pray for our missionaries. And then I want to encourage you a couple things. Is One, we have a, uh, an agape project. Agape is the word, the Greek word for love. And uh, we love the children of India. We love the children of all the world. But India, we have a real special burden for and a, a compassion. And we're trying to raise some funds. We've got a little over half of the funds raised for a van for Light Life Freedom in uh, Delhi, uh, New Delhi, India, with uh, Jyoti and Pradeep. There are ministry partners there, friends, dear friends. And we're trying to raise money for them to get a new vehicle to take their children that they're rescuing out of human trafficking, uh, taking them and to schools and the medical appointments and all that. And if you want to make a contribution to that, to that, just go online. You could uh, designate it van. We'll know that it's 100% of that funds will go to them. And once we have all the money raised, we'll wire them the money so they could buy that new vehicle. And that's a great opportunity for us to sow into someone else, okay? And then I want to encourage you that during this time of sheltering in place, uh, there are still expenses the church has, and we want to encourage you to be faithful in your stewardship. God has given us a, a, a strong house. As a matter of fact, last year, God has raised the, the funds that we have uh, uh, raised for this church to do things globally like we've never done before. I think it was the highest giving this church has ever given globally, and we want to encourage you to continue Amen. to be faithful. You can mail your, your tithes and offering in. Uh, we go to the post office and get our mail every few days. Those checks will be deposited once we are able to, to take them to the bank, but you can also give online through PayPal, and I want to encourage you to don't don't hoard right now. Just continue to sow. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And we are people that trust the Lord. So I want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in what we do and, and how you sow your finances. 
Well, I want to encourage you this morning. Pastor Lynn has got a great word for you. We're in the middle of a series called The Names of God. We've been systematically going through the different names of God. And this morning, Pastor Lynn's going to come and share a message entitled Jehovah Jireh, Our Provider. Pastor Lynn. Amen. 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 Thank you, worship team. You're awesome. And the worship team is going to come down and sit six feet apart or more in the sanctuary and uh, give me a little faces to look at when I preach. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. You know what? The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. That's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. You know, one thing I'm big on is not necessarily your talk, but your walk. Come on. Come on. All you know when I do this, that means say amen. Be in agreement. It's not just about talk. There's a lot of talk going out there. There's a lot of talk. But it's not about just our chatter. It's about our walk. Following through. Being the person God has called us to be. Being the person that is full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Not just saying, repeating, being a parrot-like person, uh, quoting scripture to people, but more importantly, being Jesus to this world. And these uh, words that Pastor David and I are giving over the course of this series about who God is, the names of God, help us to remember who we are because of who he is. Because when he reveals his name, he also shows us who he is in our lives. Who he is in our lives. So I'm going to talk to you today about Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Now, I was thinking earlier on in the week that I was going to go someplace different. I was going to choose a different name. Um, A name maybe like, uh, you know, Jehovah Rohi, the God our shepherd. You know, something, you know, like he's petting us and having us lay down in green pastures and all those things. And we will preach on that. That's a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus and our Father God. But the Lord said, no, that's not where I want you to go. I want you to speak to the people about me being their provider. And the reason why is because the people have some concerns right now. This is a word to you. This is more than a sermon and a message. I'm not really that big anymore on giving you this three-point sermon. It's great when people do, and there's a lot of great teaching out there. But I want you to receive a word for your life. I want you to know that the Lord sees you, and he has a word for you today. And the Lord quickened my heart and he, wa- he wanted to say to you, I want you to know that I am your provider. I know some of you that are listening right now are saying, you know, I'm going through some ec- economic challenges. Maybe you aren't working as much. Maybe your, your business is not an essential business. Maybe you have some concerns and fears that are starting to stir up in you. And you're being challenged in your faith because you're wondering where your provision is going to come from. And the Lord is going to tell you today, wants to confirm to you today by this word, I got you. I got you. I know you. I got you. I see you. And I'm going to reveal myself to you. Because the Lord is the one who supernaturally provides for us. He sees our need. He is not a neglectful father. 
He is not a neglectful father. He is a good, good father. And he comes to us with an answer. His ear is bent toward our every cry. His eyes watch us 24-7. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. And you need to know that. Your God is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And it may not just be economics. Maybe economics isn't your concern. But you need the Lord to provide in other ways. Maybe you're going through some things. You need that comfort. Maybe you're experiencing some anxiety. Maybe you need strength. Maybe it's difficult for you to be in the shelter in place and in the lockdown with all your kids or wherever you, you may be alone. You may not have family that lives with you and you're feeling really lonely and it's difficult. The Lord says, I am your provider. I am your peace. I am your joy. I am your healing. I provide all of these things. It's just not economics. I am your provider. So we're going to look at this name, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And I always like to start it off with what is the situation in Scripture where he reveals his name. And the situation is this. Isaac has already been born. God has fulfilled his promise to Abraham and Sarah to give them the promised child. They had waited 25 years to have this promised son. And all is well, actually. They're on their merry way. Sarah's good. Abraham's good. 25 years they had waited. And now their child is no longer a child, actually. Abraham has already experienced El Shaddai, God Almighty. He has experienced the one who has done for him what he and Sarah could not do for themselves. And he has a strong relationship with God, but God asks for another test. There's another test Abraham must experience. And so God asks for Abraham to take Isaac, the son of promise, to the Mount Moriah. Take him up there and there, there would be a sacrifice. Scripture clearly states in Genesis 22, 1, that this was a test of Abraham's faith and commitment. This was a test. It wasn't happenstance. It was a test for Abraham. It was interesting because as you read the text, you find that first when Abraham sets out with Isaac, he has servants helping him, but then he later tells the servants to stay back because he and Isaac are going to go up to Mount Moriah. Kind of reminds me of some datelines I've watched, you know, <laughs> where, uh, anyway, that's another story, where they, uh, the husband or the wife take their spouse up to a place alone. Kind of creepy, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, what are we doing? What's all this really about? The servants are staying back and uh, Isaac recognizes there's no lamb. There's no ram. Who is going to be sacrificed here? There's question. What's going on here? Now, it's important to note, sometimes the artists have depicted that Isaac was a small child or maybe even a young teen, but actually it was likely that Isaac was a fully grown man, probably in his 20s, maybe even in his early 30s. Because we notice, even in Scripture, Genesis 22, 6, reveals that Isaac was the one who carries the wood. 
He's the stronger of the two. It is Isaac who carries the wood up to Mount Moriah. And so Abraham is put to the test. This isn't really Isaac's test. This is Abraham's test. Test, And it brings us to Genesis 22, verse 9. Genesis 22, verse 9. And if you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me. Then they came to the place of which God had told them about. God had told them about. See, God had a destination. God had an appointment for this test. I'm going to tell you right now, you may be going through a test in your life. We all are to some degree. That this isn't a surprise to God. This is an appointment by God. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. This is the juncture in the text. Who receives the revelation? It is Abraham in this test that receives the revelation of who God is. See, this was a place. This was a test. This was a destination. This was a divine appointment for Abraham's revelation that God is Jehovah Jireh. This is the juncture. And he says, and it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. In the place of my need, on this mount, God brought me to this place of my need. He wasn't surprised about the place of my need. On this mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Not maybe be provided. It shall be provided. Your provision is commanded by God. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, And then he gets into blessing. Don't we love when we get, oh, wow. Now (laughs) we're going to get some blessing. And the Lord says, you know what? I've blessed you before. But now I'm going to do the multiplied blessing. I'm going to do this blessing that you can't even understand. The blessing that's going to overtake you. The blessing that's going to chase you down and overcoming. Come you. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. And as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants 
Hello, that's us. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. It kind of reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Come on. We are his descendants. There is nothing too hard for God. God is already there and he has already promised way back on Mount Moriah, way back with Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah that we would possess the gates of our enemies. See, that was the juncture. See, it was Abraham who had that revelation. It was Abraham that said, God, in this moment of need, you provide. You provide. So what can we learn? What can we learn from this text? I'm going to tell you this. Whether you like it or not, God tests us in the area of provision. God tests us. In the area of provision. You see, it's important to see Abraham, his perspective, as he's gone up to Mount Moriah. Because Abraham's background, before he came out of the land of Ur, his background was polytheism. He came from Mesopotamia. And in Mesopotamia, in the polytheistic religion, they sacrificed. They had human sacrifice. So here is a significant moment Because God is separating himself from all the other gods once again. Abraham, this is different. I'm not like that. I'm not like those other gods. I don't need that. I'm going to reveal to you myself. I'm going to reveal myself to you in a supernatural way. I'm going to show you who I am In a more intimate way. See, because in this moment, in Mount Moriah, Abraham had never experienced God in this way before. See, God was saying to Abraham, what you don't know yet, now I'm going to reveal to you. You didn't know me in this way, but now you're going to know me in a new way. You know, in Scripture, the concept of to know God is more than mere knowledge. A lot of times we want to have the knowledge of the word. We like to read the stories. We like to know that God can provide. We just don't want to need God to provide. Come on, people. You know what I'm saying. We like, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's a Jehovah Jireh. Oops. I need the provision. I need the supernatural provision of God. Oh, no, Pastor Lee. <laughs> I guess I can't pay my tithe because I got to have. Come on, people. Come on, people. See, this is the thing. God wants to reveal himself to you in an intimate way because he says this is not just about mere knowledge. This is about you experiencing me. Because when you experience me, we're closer. You know me. There's a revelation, there's a revealing of who God is when we experience him. See, we are tested 
And God shows himself through us experiencing him so that we can say to people, but I know that I know. I know because I've been there. When there's a person that's been there, they have a certain wisdom. They have a certain insight because they've been there. They've been there. And Abraham now experienced God in this way. You see, the, the fact is this. A lot of times, we don't want these testings. But the pathway of testing is how we experience God. We don't need just near, mere knowledge. I stated to you the first scripture for the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, but of power. We need powerful Christians in this world. We need Christians that just don't talk, but they have power because the power is what brings people to know Jesus. That's, what encou- that's the encounter of the Lord, is the power of God. It's interesting, thinking about Pastor Dave and I, we, we do our walks, our six-mile walks, trying to not get fat <laughs> during our shelter in place, because a lot of our visits are to the refrigerator, you know what I mean? You keep opening up those cabinets, you got a lot of food in there, so we do these walks, and so... We talk while we walk, and uh, one of the things we were reflecting upon our past, the older you get, the more, <laughs> the more that is behind you than ahead of you, if you know what I mean. So we were talking about our ministry journey, and Pastor David had just gotten off the phone with somebody that was going through, coming out of a desert time, and he had shared with them on the phone that there was a period of time in our ministry, in our early ministry, where we had pastored a church, and this church didn't want the, the flow of the Holy Spirit. They didn't want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They wanted us to, you know, tone it down, you know, be acceptable, you know, and all that. And we did that for a while, actually. To be honest with you, we did that. We did what they said. We, they, at that period of time, there was this thought in the church that don't serve communion during, during the Sunday morning service. They had all these weird things, these weird methodologies going on. Now that I look back at it, I think, what a horrible thing not to be serving communion at church. But in the moment, it all sounded good. That's how you're going to grow your church. You're going to make people comfortable in your church. If you don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other thing. And we bought into it for about a year until the Holy Spirit began to convict our hearts And how the Lord began to stir in our hearts and people began to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they didn't like that, of course. (laughs) But the point is this. As a result, we ended up having to leave that church. And we ended up, because we didn't have any money, we couldn't pay our mortgage. And we had to foreclose on our home. And we were talking about that. And, you know, we could look at that as how wronged we were. But, you know, the truth is this. The Lord used that period of time to test us. He tested us. And I even said, you know, David, the fact is this. We needed to learn some things. In that time period, we needed to learn, hey, we're not going to be man pleasers ever. And the Lord had to purify us through the testing. 
through the affliction. We had affliction. But the Lord was the one that was purifying us through the testing. And it reminded me of that scripture that the psalmist says in Psalm 119.71. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Come on, people. A lot of times we want to go bellyache because we have some affliction. But in the midst of that testing, the Lord is purifying us to make us stronger, to make us muscle Christians, to say, you know what? The enemy may put some things against you, or your flesh may be putting some things against you, or your people pleasing, being like the world may be putting some things against you. But the fact is this, this affliction is purifying you. It's testing you. It's saying, will you obey me? See, the fact is this, Abraham had decided to obey God in the test, in the possible affliction. He was willing to do it. He was willing to put Isaac down on that altar because he said, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I trust you even if I lose out. Even if there's affliction, even if there's loss, I will obey you. I will obey your word, what you say. See, the thing is this. When you go through those types of afflictions, even like what I mentioned about Pastor David and I, it takes away the spirit of fear. Because you know that there is no pit too deep. That God is not deeper still. That's what Corrie ten Boone, one of her great quotes, who went, was during the Holocaust, was in the concentration camps. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. God is there. God is with you. God's going to bring you out. See, the fact is this. You don't have to fear the affliction. You don't have to fear the test. Some of us, we want to keep from going. We don't want to go in the, don't, I don't want to go in that test, God. I don't want to go up to Mount Moriah, God. Don't ask me to do it, God. Don't keep me from, come on. You got to go up to Mount Moriah to be tested by God. Because in the end, you will be closer with God. You will know the intimacy of God. You will know the power of God. The power of God will flow through you because you are tested by God. See, Abraham received something quite wonderful as a result of this test. Not even the test of waiting for Isaac, those 25 years. But as a result of this test, Abraham becomes God's friend. James 2, verse 21 says this. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. See, this testing produced intimacy with God. He became a friend of God. There was an increase of relationship trust, interdependency. Abraham 
saying to God and God saying to Abraham, you're my friend. And this is the fact. There is safety. Abraham came to the conclusion, no matter what, God's got me. No matter what, God has it covered. He will provide. See, this is the thing. Abraham became God's friend. See, God had already been Abraham's friend. But this time, this moment, this test for Abraham was when Abraham became God's friend. God saying, you know what, Abraham? I trust you. See, we can say, Lord, I trust you. But how about God saying, I trust you. I trust you with what I give you. I trust you to obey. I trust you with the assignment. I trust you. Why? Because the Lord knew now that Abraham would always choose him. Because Abraham became God's friend. See, this is the thing. What was it about this test that produced such intimacy between Abraham and God? What was it? What was it about this test that produced that intimacy of friendship? You see, if you look closely in Scripture, what the Holy Spirit reveals about this moment, Abraham placed his focus on the spiritual realm right from the beginning rather than the physical realm. Abraham's focus was not a worried walk to Mount Moriah about how God was going to supply. He did not have a worried, anxious walk to Mount Moriah. He, from the very beginning, that when God spoke to him to do this, he had his spiritual eyesight on the Lord and God's ability. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 verse 17 says this. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises, listen, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. See, Abraham had embraced God's promises. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned. See, this is where we see where Abraham's eyesight is. It's not on the physical realm. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Now listen, had Abraham ever seen God raise someone from the dead? We're only in the book of Genesis, by the way, when we read this text. No, he hadn't. He had not yet seen God do something, but he had reasoned that my God is so powerful that you know what? Even if he does ask me to sacrifice Isaac, I know that he is able even to resurrect because he's good. He is true to his promises. Because he's already told me through this promised child that I would have descendants. So therefore, I don't know how God's going to provide. I don't know how God's going to do this. But I trust him. I trust him. I trust his promise. I know 
God's word is true to me. I know his promise is yes. You know, scripture reminds me of what the New Testament says in 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Come on, people. He has given us promises. He has given us promises. I don't know how God's going to provide for me in this situation. I don't know how God's going to do it in this situation. But I know one thing, that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And you know what I'm going to say to that yes? I'm going to say amen. Let it be so. See, this is the thing. Abraham did not have his thoughts and his mind set on this world and the ways of this world. He did not have his mind and thoughts set on the ways of man and their abilities. But he understood. It says in this scripture that he embraced the promises. He held them close. You know what? Right now in this shelter in place, we don't get to do that much embracing. But the fact is this. This is one thing that you can embrace during your shelter in place. You embrace God's promise to you. Hold it close. It is true. See, this is the thing. Abraham placed his trust in this test in the one who had given him promise. And he even reasoned. Listen. I never seen God resurrect anyone, but I'm going to tell you what, I know he can do it and he will do it because he will be true to his promise. So where are you looking to in this time where you may have challenges of provision? In this testing time, where are you looking to? Are you looking with your eyes of flesh? Are you reacting like the world? When the Lord says, I want you to look with spirit eyes. Follow the example of Abraham. In the testing time, even in the need for provision, that he looked with his spiritual eyes and said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to have anxious thoughts about it because I know God is true and I will continue you to obey I will have perfect trust in him set your heart set your spirit in that place God is Jehovah Jireh God is the one who provides for you look to the spiritual realm come on we need to make sure that we our eyesight it's not in the wrong place. If you're going through anxieties and fears, you know what? Get your eyes off of the physical realm. Have your eyes focused on the one who has the answers, the one who knows all. Listen, he is looking at you. He is speaking to you. He desires to provide for you in this time of test. And the most important thing, he wants to be close to you. He wants to show himself. He wants to reveal himself to you. See, the fact is this. It's not theoretical, people. It's not just a theory. It's practical. God is real, and he is a practical God. He provided for Abraham a ram because he's a practical God. 
He needed, Abraham needed something to sacrifice according to what the Lord had spoken to him about sacrifices. God is a practical God. You know, Jehovah Jireh, if you look at the name and in the text, it also means that God will see to it. So not only does God see, but God sees to it. God is a God of action. He's not, oh, I see that. So it's too bad. <laughs> How many times do we see, oh, you know, I see that mess. Too bad for you. No, God will see to it. See, he doesn't overlook your needs. It's like that song, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Because God is practical. He works. He's a hard worker for us people. He works on our behalf. And the Lord says, Jehovah Jireh says, I will see to it. Genesis 22 verse 14 says this. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be seen and provided. It will be seen and provided. You know, last week, Pastor David preached on El Roy, the God who sees you. He sees you, but he also provides. Now, have you ever had somebody in your life that you've asked them to do something? There's a need. Maybe it's emptying the garbage, and they say they're going to do it. Have you ever had somebody tell you that they're going to do something, but they don't do it? You know, and you're kind of tapping your, all right, you said you were going to do it, but they don't do it in a timely way. How do you feel when that happens? You feel disappointed. You also feel that you can't trust their word. That when they say they're going to do something and they don't do it, you don't trust their word. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have a God that's like that. You have a God that says, I will see to it that it will be accomplished. I will be timely. And I will give you exactly what you need. Because I am always waiting to perform on your behalf. See, he's practical. He sees your need. On your mountain of need, God is there. But on the mountain of your need, there's a revelation that the Lord wants you to have. Because it wasn't just about... God providing a ram so that Abraham didn't sacrifice Isaac. The more important thing was the revelation that God wanted Abraham to have about him. And in this time, in this season, in your struggle, in your test, the Lord has a revelation for you. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal himself in a new way to you, in a closer way. So even as you look at the test that you're in, the Lord wants you to be the one who declares, God is my provider. In the text, it wasn't God that said, hey, Abraham, I am your provider. I am Jehovah Jireh. It was Abraham who had the revelation and said, you are my provider. 
See, the revelation is what the Lord wants you to have. That it comes from you to say, I know because I have experienced God in this way that he is my provider. This period of time, this moment in time, this testing on Mount Moriah is extremely significant. Later, a couple generations later, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, he will go to a place that he will eventually call Bethel. The house of God. This was the place where he had the dream of the angels ascending and descending. He will also have a similar experience with God. And this is what Jacob says. Genesis 28, 15. Well, this is what God says to Jacob. Genesis 28, 15. For I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. See, Jacob is having an experience with God. Jacob needs God to show up. Jacob is looking for God's answer in a time of need. He has left the house of his parents. He needs direction. And he has this dream. And his takeaway is, listen, I didn't even know God was in this place. I didn't even realize God is right here. Do you know right now in this moment at 1125 that God is in the place where you're at to reveal himself to you? Right there, wherever you're at, whatever you're wearing, whoever's with you, God is saying, do you know that right now, just like with Abraham, just like with Jacob, that I am in this place to reveal to you who I am in your life? Jacob's takeaway, what the Lord says, is I will not leave you until I've done what I promised you. See, God is true to his promises. From generation to generation to generation. See, Abraham responded to the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And God said, you're my friend. Jacob, experience God, you are here. You are with me. And the Lord says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you until I accomplish that which I have spoken. The Lord is saying that to you today. I'm not going to leave you. I'm right here. Right where you're at. I'm going to be Jehovah Jireh to you. But I want you to have that revelation. I want you to see me as Jehovah Jireh. I want that to come from you, from the test that you endure. And because of your obedience, because of your trust in me, that you can declare that I am Jehovah Jireh. You see, the place of this revelation of Jehovah Jireh to Abraham, Mount Moriah, was actually became the place where the temple was built where Solomon's temple was built. See, this was already a place of God's glory. This was already a place where of man's obedience, Abraham's surrender. This was a place where God revealed himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh, and God's glory was manifested to Abraham. And you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And 
it's no coincidence that Mount Moriah was to be the place of Solomon's temple, of one of the most beautiful places to show forth the glory of God, the temple of God that was built during that time on the earth. See, what Abraham did set the foundation for that temple, that place where God's glory was going to show forth for other generations. It's interesting, if you look at Scripture, when Solomon builds this temple for the glory of God, 2 Chronicles 5.13 says this, Then the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priest could not remain standing to minister because of the cloud, for the glory and brilliance of the Lord filled the house of God. 2 Chronicles 7 a couple chapters later, verse 1 says, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. This very place where Abraham was, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Fast forward all those years later. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Abraham's obedience was foundational to what later would become the temple where the glory of the Lord would fill it. Listen, your obedience right now is foundational to what God's going to do later. Not just in your life, but for generations to come. Your obedience to God, your trust in God, your, your, your eyesight on Jesus, on who he is, not on what man says, not what on the world says to do. You see, the ram in the thicket in Mount Moriah represented the provision of God for the sacrifice. And we know that means Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, would come, would be provided for us. And would pay for our sins. That would give us the right to become the sons and daughters of the Lord. That's what it represented on Mount Moriah, that ram in the thicket. See, that time for Abraham in that moment was extraordinary. Because it established the faith in God that we would also follow and become sons and daughters. We are sons and daughters of Abraham and Sarah. The faith that they had to believe, we also have faith in the same God to believe. And believe even sometimes when we don't see it, we believe. And as a result of the perfect sacrifice coming, Jesus, and laying down his life for our sins. We've become not only the sons and daughters of God, but we also become the temple. We also become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That same glory wants to fill us because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, this is all connected. See, the temple 
in Solomon's time, that glorious temple. If you go to, to Israel, to Jerusalem, they'll show you what it looked like and how huge it was and how glorious it was. But that temple that was built by Solomon was only a peak into the heavenly realm. It was only a peak into who God is, where Christ is seated in heavenly place. It was only a peak into the beauty and the riches of the heavenly realm. You see, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we, as a result, have access. We are, according to Scripture, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right now, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And guess what? It's not impoverished there. There is no lack there. There is the riches of heaven at our disposal because we are the children of God. And we are seated with Christ. I want to pray right now, Ephesians 3.16 over you. I pray, Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your being. Out of his glorious riches. His riches are at your disposal through your relationship with Christ Jesus. Be in agreement. Don't step out. Have the mind of Christ. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a test, but you know what? This is not a test to be defeated. This is a test for the glory of God to be shown forth in your life. See, you may be on the mountain of need, but on the mountain of your need is the presence of God. On the mountain of your need is the presence of God. See, when Abraham got to Mount Moriah, the Lord's presence was already there. It's already there. I already know your need. And you know what Abraham already knew? I'm not, he already knew you are going to supply it. <laughs> He's already, he walked there. You know what? Come on, Isaac. Pick up those sticks. One or two things is going to happen. God's going to supply something else. Or guess what? You're getting resurrected. But something's going to happen here because God's glory is going to show up in the mountain of my need. Come on, people. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's going to show up for you because he is Jehovah Jireh. But we have to obey the Lord on this mountain. His presence is there. Worship team, come on up here. The Lord wants to show you his glory. Yes, even in your testing time, even when you have need, even when you don't know how the provision is going to come, on that same mountain of your need is his presence. And on that same mountain of your need is the glory of God. Just like Jacob. Just like what the Lord said to Jacob when he discovered, Lord, you're in this place. This is Bethel, the house of God. Just like Jacob, the Lord says to you, I will not leave you until I fulfill that which I have promised to you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm walking with you. Come on. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, the Holy Spirit's in this place. Take your eyes off the physical realm. Come on, Holy Spirit. 
Take your eyes off the physical realm. Take your eyes off your checkbook. Fear not. The Lord says, come on, I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to bless you. Right now, the Lord wants your thoughts to be, you know what? I'm going to reason just like Abraham did. I'm going to reason that no matter what, Lord, you're going to be true to your promise. Just like Abraham reasoned, you're true to your promise. Hebrews 11 says, and Abraham embraced the promises of God. Hebrews 11 Verse 17, and Abraham embraced the promises of God. Come on. Some of you, you need to embrace God's promise right now. Embrace the promise of God. Watch how you're talking to yourself. Watch out what you're, you're allowing the thoughts to come into you that you're dwelling on that are not the thoughts of God. Say, you know what? I'm going to reason that no matter what, he's going to be faithful to me because he's my Jehovah Jireh. He's going to do it. He's provided in the past. He's going to provide in the present. And he's going to provide in the future. And more importantly than the physical provision that he gives me, he's going to be close with me. And he's going to show forth his glory. And I'm going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the fact is this. Abraham's friendship with God and his obedience produced a reward of multiplied blessing multiplication yes this is a challenge for you in a time where the world is hoarding where the in a time where the world is fearful in a time where people have a spirit of poverty and scarcity no matter how much they have in their home the lord is declaring to you come on don't worry about it i'm jehovah jireh and i will bless you but you need to obey me you need to trust me see the fact is this the place of your testing is the place of God's blessing. The place of your testing is the place of God's blessing. There is a great temptation not to obey the voice of the Lord because we focus on the sight. And the Lord is coming to you today and saying, get your eyes on me. Get your eyes on me. You know what? A few years ago, in 2012, Pastor David and I became pastors in this house. And as we were coming, we came from living overseas and we came to live here in the Bay Area. But we were just coming out of the recession here. People still were struggling financially during that time. And there was a lot of things that were going on in nonprofits and churches. And we have uh, schools here struggled and had a lot of testing, a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenges, a lot of deficits. And we came into this house as leaders. And I remember after the first year, the Lord opened up a door for me to be on staff here at the church and to oversee some areas that were really, really struggling financially. Actually, 
a lot of areas were struggling financially. And I remember one of my very first days when I began to start going through and saying, Lord, I'm just going to go through and see what do you want to do in this area? What do you want to do in this area with the wisdom of God? Robin Cameron, she goes to our church. She's one of our preschool teachers now. She came to my office and she gave me this wooden ram. And she prophesied. I don't know if she knew it, but she prophesied to me. And she said, Lynn, I'm going to give this to you. This is a wooden ram based on the scripture where Abraham offers his son Isaac up to the Lord. And God shows up and Abraham says, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And she gives it to me. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord used that to say, you know what, Lynn? If you obey me, if you do what I say, I'm going to provide. And not only will I provide, I'm going to bless you. But in blessing you, I'm going to multiply you. I am going to expedite things. I'm going to create fruitfulness in areas where you said shouldn't be fruitful. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord did just that. There were times, there were many times, especially in the first year to two years, where I would go to sleep at night and I wouldn't even talk to anybody, not even my husband, because I had had such battles that day. And I would lay in my bed. I wouldn't cry all day, but when I got home, I would cry. And tears would stream down my face. And I would say to the Lord, Lord, I believe you, but I'm going to tell you what. No matter what, if I go down, we're going down together. <laughs> if I'm going down, Lord, we're going down together. Because I'm going to believe what you say. And I can testify to you that the Lord is faithful. That the Lord is provider. Where there was miraculous provision in the time of drought. And that's what the Lord says. Even in the time of drought. There may be people who fall who don't serve the Lord. Who aren't obeying the Lord. Will fall at the right and the left. But the Lord says not with you. If you obey me, if you stay in agreement with me, I am going to be the supernatural provider. And I believe over this house of crossroads and over the ministries that extend, and there's many from this house, the Lord is saying, you know what? I'm Jehovah Jireh. Just obey me. You can't walk in the world's ways and obey him at the same time. Lord says, I want to show you my glory. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak to you. The Holy Spirit's saying, I want to show you my glory. This is a time of testing, and you're feeling it. And it's hard for you. You may be like I was, laying at your bed at night, and the tears stream down your face. But like we always say, you know what? Our emotions are not good leaders. They're good followers. Doesn't mean we don't have some negative emotions. But you know what we say to ourselves? You know what? Emotions, you're not going to lead me. I'm going to get up the next day. I'm going to obey you, Lord. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow what you said. I'm going to be true to the word, Lord, because you said that your promises are yes in Christ Jesus. 
The Lord wants to show you his glory. The Lord wants to show you his glory in this moment. Right now, wherever you're at, I want you to, I, I want, if you have a, your husband or a friend or children or teenagers with you, I want you to grab their hand. I want you to have agreement right now. You're on your Mount of Moriah right now. Many of you feel like you're on that Mount of Moriah, just like Abraham. I want you to have agreement. Lord, in the place of my need, the place of this testing is the place of your blessing. Just like the place where Abraham was to offer Isaac up is the place where Solomon built the temple. Where the glory of God filled it. Lord, there is a blessing in all of this. Even if I don't see it, there is a blessing. And Lord, I am going to believe your word. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. I will believe your word. Just like Abraham reasoned. He can raise, my God can raise Isaac from the dead. Even though he had never seen God raise anyone, he knew it was true believe him believe the Lord that he can show forth his glory in your situation the Lord says I'm Jehovah Jireh come on I'm Jehovah Jireh I'm Jehovah just like I was to Abraham I'm Jehovah Jireh you are a son and daughter of the faith in me I'm Jehovah Jireh I'm the great multiplier. I'm the supernatural provider. Get your eyes on me. My glory is going to be shown forth in your life. Lord, we believe what you say. Lord, we surrender to you. Some of you, you're holding on. You're holding on to some stinking thinking. You're holding on to some thoughts that are from the world. You're holding on. And the Lord says, come on, surrender it. Surrender it. Surrender it to me. You can't have it both ways, people. The fact is this. Abraham thought one way or the other, and he decided, I am going to keep my eyes fixed on my God. Come on. Let's fix our eyes. You may not have an answer for your situation. You may not have an answer for the bills that you have. You may not have an answer for other challenges you may be facing. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord has an answer for you. Because he says, I will see to it. As you give, as you say, Lord, I'm just going to obey you. The Lord says, I'm going to see to it. I'm going to see to it. I don't dismiss your need. I don't, I'm not a God who delays the perfect timing I have for you. He has perfect timing to meet the need to show forth himself in your life. The Lord is in this place. And I didn't even realize it. He's right there. The Lord is in my shelter in place and I didn't even realize it. He's right here. And he's got my attention. He's got your attention. He's right there. He's right there. He's right there. 
And the Lord says to you, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. The Lord says, I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. We receive your word, Lord. Just like Abraham had that revelation, we receive the revelation, Lord, of who you are. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the one who provides. It's not my job. It's not my 401k. It's not an inheritance. It's not my own ability. You are Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. Lord, as we go into this next week, we walk in that revelation. Because we know that in that revelation of Jehovah Jireh, we are becoming your friend. We are becoming your friend. You call us friends. And you're not going to let us down. Because you're true to your promise. And so, Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word. Your word that you sent this day to touch us, to free us, to heal us, to bring hope to us. And, Lord, we mix our faith with your word in your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great week. Stay in his word in your name. God bless you. Bye-bye.